How do you get your highly trained, revenue-producing employees to understand that the customer experience is how customers judge and rate your company performance rather than technical skill and doing so without coming off like you don't value your employees' expertise? Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. One of the lessons business owners learn over time is that customers, by and large, formulate their opinion of how bad, good, or excellent a company is based upon the customer's experience with that company rather than the technical skill of the person providing the work or the technical skill of the company itself. One of the things that new business owners must overcome is the belief that business or that uh, customers value their technical skills or industry prowess above all else. So this is one of the hardest things for, for people to come to terms with, uh, especially people in industries that are like trade-related, where there's many years of training uh, involved in getting certifications. And um, employees and business owners are really proud of those certifications, and they should be. They're, they're, you know, they take a lot of work to get those things. Um, the problem is the customers don't necessarily value that the same way the technicians do or the service providers or even the company business owners Um, So to illustrate this, one of the things I ask folks is, what percentage of your customers do you think really take the time to admire the workmanship of the job your company did after a couple days have passed? So how many, if if you're an auto repair shop, what percentage of your customers do you think open the hood a few days after they're done and like inspect the work that you did? Um, If you're in a plumbing industry, what percentage of your customers admire the craftsmanship of the water heater installation you did more than a couple days after the fact? Do we really think that three weeks later they go in and take a look at it? Or if you're in the roofing industry, what percentage of your customers get on a ladder and go up on the roof and really admire um, or inspect the roof that you just finished repairing or installing? Uh, If you're in in a CPA or accounting uh, firm, what percentage, percentage of your customers get out a calculator and go over the tax return you prepared for them? Or if you're in carpet cleaning, what percentage of your customers get on their hands and knees and marvel at how well the stains came out of the carpet days or weeks after you cleaned it? Now, are there exceptions to this? Of course. Um, there's some folks who want to know the details of every little thing. Uh, and if you're putting in something like a new kitchen or some kind of remodel project for someone that has a really um, high aesthetic value, uh, people, of course, are going to admire that much longer than they would the new HVAC unit being installed. And there is a tiny percentage of the population that really wants to understand every intricate detail of things that are done to their home, to their car, whatever, or just they want to know things in general. But if you go back to asking yourself what percentage of the customers you deal with go out to the garage after you put in the water heater and install the workmanship or admire the workmanship and look at how well the joints are soldered. 
or in other examples, carpet cleaning or, you know, roofing, whatever. What percentage of your customers do you think really more than a few days after the job is done, admire the workmanship? And the answer for most industries is not very many, maybe 5%, maybe 10%. Maybe you're in in an oddball industry where it's 20%, but it's not going to be 92%. That's for sure. So again, there's exceptions, um, but these ex- these are exceptions, not the rule. Uh, some people just want to understand everything for sure, and some industries are just more fun. You know, having a new again new, a new kitchen or a new bathroom put in, people will admire that for for uh, maybe weeks or months or even years later. But for most of us, that's not the case. Um, and many of the business owners I know have a difficult uh, time um, growing beyond just a handful of employees because they really believe that workmanship is all that matters. I know of a a number of folks that started businesses many, many years ago uh, and were very proud of their technical skill, and they should be. They were super good at their industry, but they just weren't able to grow their company and still are not able to grow their companies because they think that the technical knowledge is the most important thing. If that's your belief, how could you possibly hire anybody who has better technical knowledge than you? It's just, it's not going to work that way. So generally speaking, in my opinion, I believe customers assume that you know what you're doing technically unless you give them a reason to believe otherwise. So this is a thing when you go when you start talking to your employees about this kind of stuff. Of course, if you go out there and completely drop the ball on something technically, that's going to be a huge deal to your customer. They're going to they're going to really hold that against you. There's no question. But aside from those examples where we just blunder, we just blow something, they're going to assume that, you know, what you're doing. So the challenge is, unfortunately, our employees don't always naturally draw this conclusion. Um, like many of the things we train our teams on, it's, it makes perfect sense when you point it out, but this is not intuitive. They're going to get it once you explain it, but they're not going to come to the conclusion on their own. And without education, most revenue producing employees will naturally believe the customer cares primarily about workmanship or craftsmanship. And that's what they'll focus on when they talk to the customer. That's what they'll focus on when making their sales presentation. That's what they'll focus on as they begin building rapport and trust. And these things are not always productive because um, the customer assumes you know what you're doing technically. So you're not going to wow them by explaining to them over and over and over again how great you are technically. And what could you possibly say that your competitors aren't saying as far as that goes? What could you possibly say to a customer to convince them in a compelling way that your technical skills are better than brand X when you know brand X is saying the exact same things you are. We've been in the industry for X amount of years. We have a th- this many of years of experience between us. You know, our, our supervisors had this kind of expertise. We have these certifications. Like what could you possibly say that brand X couldn't also say? So for most of us, customers probably care about safety and security, for example, more than workmanship. If you burn their house down, they don't care about your certifications anymore. They're not going to be impressed with your many years of training if you burn their house down or flood their house or cause some other kind of serious catastrophic kind of damage. They care about how easy you make this encounter for them, probably more than they care about the technical knowledge because, again, they assume you know what you're doing. You wouldn't advertise your company as being electrical or carpet cleaning business if you didn't, in fact, know how to do that stuff, it just seems wildly unlikely that that would be the case. So they assume that you know what you're doing unless you prove otherwise. Um, when I talk about making it easy for this encounter, like 
did you come out and give them a bid for something or did they have to call you a couple times to remind you? Were you on time to the estimate? Um, is your voicemail full? You know, these are the kinds of things that if, if you've hired a contractor in the last three years, you've certainly dealt with some things that are just not pleasant about the experience. And again, it could be the best handyman guy in the world. If he says he's going to be there at nine o'clock on Tuesday and doesn't show up until three o'clock without a call, that's what people base their assumptions on how you perform on is those kinds of things. They care about trusting you to do the right thing. They care about uh, charging the price that you quoted, uh, being on time with the completion of the project. They care about if you, uh, how you treat their pets or whether you um, clean up when you're done in their home. For some industries, the only thing a customer can see when you're finished is how well you cleaned up. If, if you're a roofing contractor, they're not going to climb on the roof in most cases. They're going to look and see if you cleaned up the yard where you, where you threw the debris off the house. If you're a plumbing contractor, 70% of the stuff you work on is behind a wall or underground. They're not, going to, they're not even going to see this stuff. The, the cleanup is, in many cases, the only way they can ascertain how well you do your job. Um, you know, we naturally believe that how a person does anything is likely how they do everything. This is one of my favorite sayings. I'm not a, I'm not a guy who's, who's big into cliches and things like this, but this is one I really believe in. How you do anything is probably how you do everything. And people, like it or not, this is kind of how they view us when we're in their homes or work on their, on their stuff when they come to our office or our shop or whatever. If they see you being diligent about closing their gate or door when you go to your truck so their dog doesn't get out, they're going to assume you're diligent with everything. If they see you throwing cigarette butts in the yard, they're going to assume you're sloppy and careless with everything you do. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is for the vast majority of the people that we work for. Are there exceptions? Absolutely. Um, but I don't want to talk about the exceptions. You know, that's way less than 20% of the time, probably way less than 10 or even 5% of the time. One of, one of the other things, I, uh, other things I like is one by Maya Angelou, who's not known as being a, a uh, uh, you know, service industry business expert. But what she said was, people forget, will forget what you did, people will forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. So people will forget what you said in the sales pitch. They'll forget what you said about you know, all the things that led up to the encounter, that led up to the experience. Um, they will forget what you did as far as like, you know, again, they're not going to go admire the work that you did in most cases. They're not going to go out and admire the new heat pump. They're not going to admire the new carpet installation or the carpet cleaning. But they will always remember how they felt about the experience. They will always remember if they were happy, if you were nice to their pets, if you closed the gate, if you threw cigarette butts on the ground, they will always remember that stuff. They will not remember the technical things you did or the things you said in the sales presentation leading up to that experience as much as they will remember how they felt about the whole encounter. Um, you know, we, we know this, well, it, let me back up. One of the things I used to ask, uh, when, when teaching this in person, uh, you know, before COVID and we can do that kind of thing, I would ask people, how many of you have a water heater in your garage? And most, you know, 80% of the hands would go up in the room and there'd be a you hundred know, people in the room. And then I would ask how many of you in the last, you know, six months or year have gone out to admire the workmanship of the water heater installation? How many of you went out and looked at the joints that were soldered, you know, looked at how, you know, how well it was on the base or whatever? How many hands do you think were stayed up in the audience? The answer is zero. Most, you know, 80% would have a, a water heater easily accessible in the garage. They could walk right out to look at it. 
zero. Every time I've asked this, the answer has always been zero. Nobody goes out to admire the workmanship. And now we all think our industry is different. Yeah, Brian, but you don't understand. My industry is different. Well, again, because we all say our industry is different, they're not that different. We're all exactly the same. Unfortunately, we, as the tradespeople, the craftspeople, uh, the, the CPAs, the IT experts, we tend to place a higher value on our expertise and our clients do. That's just the way it is. So we can either fight that or we can go with it. And I would recommend we go with it and teach our employees this. So the first thing we have to do is come to come to uh, terms with this ourselves. Again, um, with when training our employees, we have to overcome these obvious ex- uh, exceptions. If you have a catastrophic technical blunder, you know, of course it's going to matter. Your technical skills are going to be called into question. But unless that happens, they're going to assume you know what you're doing. This is something we have to come to terms with ourselves, so we can teach our employees that. This idea that our technical knowledge is just the entry ticket. People expect you to know your craft or trade. You don't get bonus points for having supposedly better skills in brand X. You only lose points if you demonstrate you don't have the technical skills that they expect you to have, the customer expects you to have. Brand X is probably saying the exact same thing as you about how they have the best skills, they have the most experience, they have the most years in the industry, they have the best tools, they have the best trucks, they have the best whatever. The customer's not going to know and in some cases, not even care who to believe about the technical experience. Because of this, they're going to just assume it's a level playing field skills-wise. Again, unless they see something like, you know, one of the companies rolls up and, and the guy gets out of the truck and, you know, his McDonald's bag falls out and there's, you know, a, a, a trail of smoke behind him. He smells like stale cigarettes or something like that. Then they might assume that there's some technical skills difference. But aside from obvious indicators like that, they don't know who to believe, so they're just going to believe everything's on a level playing field. So we got to begin educating our employees in a way that they get this, but it's not going to diminish their technical knowledge or accomplishments. They, they've probably worked really hard to get the certifications and training and, and licenses and things like that that they have. We do not want to diminish that, but we also have to educate them that, listen, that the truth of the matter is customers are going to have a different view of this. They're going to, have, they're going to weigh the value of that knowledge differently than we are as the providers. We're going to overemphasize it and they're going to diminish it. So I would recommend making this a regular part of the training. Uh, Without conscious reminders, people, including your employees, will forget this stuff and they'll go back to believing that skill, the technical skill, is the most important thing. Now, one of the things I used to do is I would ask them, I would try to take our industry out of the equation because, again, we as the providers are going to overemphasize the value of our experience and customers are going to diminish it. And then neither is probably fair or right. But knowing that that's the case, what I would do is I would, I would use examples that were not in our industry. I would try to find examples where our employees had purchased things where they were the buyer in an industry not like ours. Um, I would ask them things, you know, what do they had, per, what do they purchased or what do they had repaired in their own lives? It's roughly the same cost as our average ticket. So if your average ticket's 600 bucks, what are things your employees might buy for 600 bucks on their own in a service-related uh, you know, field? Those are the kinds of examples I would bring up. And I would talk about, I would ask them, like, what were the things you cared about when you made this purchase? So things make a whole lot more sense when you can take your industry out of the equation and talk about other real-life scenarios in which your employees, their customers, and they, they get it. When, they, when you talk about being the buyer and you take your industry out of it, you, you get it. You just naturally kind of fall into that buying mindset. And then you can have a more accurate portrayal or understanding of what we value as buyers. 
So some examples I'll give you of real life examples and conversations I had. Uh, we talked about one time I asked people what they had purchased for around $4,000 or something like that. And one example came up was a transmission repair. And uh, the guy who mentioned that, super technical guy, very sharp in his trade, probably leaned a little more towards um, believing that customers should value his expertise in his industry way more than they really did. But as soon as I started talking about him being the customer and buying this transmission repair that was pretty expensive, he, he admitted he didn't care about the technical work as much as he did getting it done on time because he had somewhere he had to be. He had, it was a Jeep or something like that. He was taking off-roading and... He needed it done on time. He cared way more about it being done on time than he did the technical skill because he assumed that they knew what they were talking about. They had been in business for 30 years or whatever. And he just assumed that they knew what they were doing. He didn't quiz them on, and he didn't make them prove that they were experts in repairing transmissions. He assumed that they knew what they were doing. But again, he got it as a buyer. We, when we talked about the experience he was going through as a buyer, where if I would have explained it to him as a uh, customer buying the service he provides as a tradesperson, he might have been way more defensive about that. Another example was uh, we talked about carpet installation one time, and the, the carpet installer was late for one of our employees, and it ruined their whole day. They had made plans that evening or afternoon or whatever. The carpet installers were several hours late, and it ruined their whole day. He cared way more about that than he did how well they installed the carpets because, again, he assumed that they knew what they were doing. The carpets were on the ground. They were flat. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't go check every corner to make sure it was installed correctly. He assumed that they knew what they were doing. Um, another example came up, um, catering, uh, one of our employees, they went to, to, uh, you know, they're getting married or something like that. They hired a caterer. They went to do the tasting. The caterer was out of a couple of things and they were bummed because they had to go make a second trip. And that was an inconvenience. Um, uh, that was just a, an example of where the inconvenience was all she thought about the, the employee. All she talked about was the incon inconvenience. It wasn't how good the food was. So again, the technical abilities of the chef didn't matter as much as her having to make two trips. So how your employees view purchases they make is how your customers view their purchases with your company. And unless they're super technical, interested in everything, those kind of exceptional people that are interested in all these kinds of details of things like that, which is very unusual, unless they're those people, they're going to value the experience more than they are the technical knowledge or abilities of the employees of your employees. So I would recommend opening the conversation like this with your employees so that they're not defensive and not talking about how customers should do this and should do that. And they should value our expertise and things like that. I, I agree. I listen, people do diminish it and it's not fair, but when you look at it, when you're the buyer and you're buying something that's not in your industry, not a service you're providing, you understand it, you get it. You just, you value things differently. That's just how we are wired. Welcome to human nature, right? So I would recommend having regular conversations where they talk about their experiences as buyers outside of your industry and what they value in those experiences. And you'll likely have to say to them many times, of course, your training is valuable and you wouldn't have your income without it. You wouldn't have the job that you, security you have. You wouldn't have your lifestyle without it. It's an awesome thing that you went and did all this stuff to get all this training and all this knowledge and expertise. And customers assume that you know what you're doing and will largely assess, um, the quality of the company and the quality of your skills on their experience. And uh, thus, you know, the abilities we provide as a, uh, the value we provide, the value we offer as a provider based upon a factor that have nothing to do with our technical skills, what they're going to judge us on. They're not going to judge us on our craftsmanship as much as they are. Are we on time? They're not going to judge us on workmanship as much as they are. Is it, do we do the job in the time frame we said for the price we said, these are the kinds of things that are going to 
base their assessment of how well we do our job on these other things that are experiential, not necessarily technical knowledge or abilities. So the technical expertise, again, in my view, just kind of gets you the, it gets you the ticket to the party. It gets you the invite to the party. The experience you provide determines if you go home with a date or not, or if you meet somebody there that wants to go on a date or something like that at the party. Uh, Bill Belichick used to say, talent sets the floor, character sets the ceiling. I think that's a fantastic way of putting it. In this case, I would say your technical skill sets the floor and the experience you offer the customer sets the ceiling. Again, they assume you know what you're doing. They're not going to be wowed by that. In most cases, again, there's exceptions, not very many, but there are exceptions. Generally speaking, though, they're not going to be wowed by how well the heat pump is put in or how well the carpets are cleaned. They're going to be wowed by the experience. So the first thing we got to do is come to grips with this ourselves. And again, many business owners I know um, who have struggled to grow beyond just a couple couple employees or whatever um, is often because they believe the technical knowledge and technical skills is the most important thing. And I would say our technical, our considerable technical knowledge is just the entry ticket. People expect you to know what you're doing. They assume you know what you're doing unless you prove otherwise. You don't get bonus points for having better skills in Brand X. You only lose points when you demonstrate you don't have those skills. And Brand X is probably saying they have the best skills just like just like you are. So uh, to summarize this, you know, just remember, without education, most revenue-producing employees will naturally come to believe or go back to believing that the customer primarily cares about workmanship and craftsmanship. Customers care about a lot of things, and most of those things they worry about more than technical skill. They assume you know what you're doing unless you prove otherwise. They do care if you're on time, do the job on, in, on the time frame you say, for the price you said, if you pet their dog, if you close the door so the cat doesn't run out, if your voicemail's full, these are all, you know, the safety and security of their home, these are all things that they care about, probably more than the technical skill, unless you give them compelling reason to worry about the technical skill. Uh, again, this Maya Angelou quote is a great one that, that helps people kind of, you know, frame this. This is not a business quote. This is just a life quote. People will forget what you did. People will forget what you said. They will never forget how you made them feel. We all know this stuff. We have to be careful when explaining it to our team. We don't want to come across like we don't value their certifications, their licenses, and their significant training. Those are all really important things. Um, but we have to begin educating our employees in a way that that they get it and is not going to diminish their where they don't feel like we're diminishing their their accomplishments and their training and things like that. We have to talk about this stuff in a way where we continue to uh, praise them for these things that they've accomplished. This is, these are great things that they've done with this training they've got. And customers don't value it as much as we do. Things make a lot more sense when you can take your industry out of the equation and talk about other real-life scenarios in which your employees are the customers, so they'll get it, talk about things that they buy outside of your industry, and have regular conversations where they talk about their experiences as buyers and what they value in those experiences. Um, we used to talk. We used to have training once a week. We would talk about this stuff probably every other week. We'd have these examples. We would just ask questions. What did you buy here in the last month or so? That was roughly six hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever. And we would talk about those examples. I mean, I'd walk through like, what did you care about? How did you make a decision? And and you find that just naturally, people will tell you they value other things besides a technical skill. And then you can ha- open that whole conversation up. You're likely going to have to say many times, of course, your training is valuable and you wouldn't have the income you, uh, you have without it. And customers assume you know what you're doing unless you unless you prove otherwise. And customers largely assess how well they think you do the job technically on all the other things that go along with the job that have nothing to do with your trade or craft. Um, 
you know, if they're football fans, you can give them this Bill Belichick quote, talent sets the floor, character sets the feeling. My version of this and this application is your technical skill sets the floor and the experience sets the ceiling. So that's it for this week. Um, thanks a lot for, uh, first of all, I just want to say, you know, our ratings have gone like through the roof in the last month or so. Uh, thank you all for sharing it. Uh, we're up like 50% over a few months ago in, in uh, plays and listens and views and all that kind of stuff. Uh, please continue to share this with your friends. I really appreciate it. If you have a, a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry, please take a minute and just share this with them. You can text it to them. You can email it to them. Uh, if you haven't had time, give us a rating and review. We had a couple of reviews. That's awesome. We could certainly use some more. That's how you grow these things. This podcast is uh, ratings, reviews, and subscribes. So if you haven't had a chance to subscribe yet, you got to do that too. Um, sure appreciate all the help you've given us with this. And uh, that's it for this week. And I'll talk to you all next week. <music>